Hello and welcome to the Announcer Table's classic TNA Impact review, where we go through TNA Impact chronologically, looking at the history of the promotion, reviewing the weekly show. I'm joined by, by my co-host, Scott Weaver. Hello. How are you, Scott? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad. We finally, finally we, got this done, so... We've jumped the hurdle. We're away. Now we've just got to review them. So basically, <laughs> we've got to do the hard bit. Yes. Um, so we're starting from September 10th, as you'll see, if you've clicked this video or podcast. Um, the reason we've done that, basically, is that's when TNA stopped doing their weekly pay-per-views. They started the company with weekly pay-per-views in 2002, and then they started doing a TV show in 2004, but then they ran it for another four months. Um, and we can't be bothered to review every single weekly pay-per-view. So we feel it's, this is when they start. Lot. It's a lot to do. Exactly. This is when they start being like a real promotion rather than just a, a, pretend, like a pretend thing just trying to run. Because <laughs> like a weekly pay-per-view is absurd. It's a bit ridiculous for us to go through. It'd take yeah. a long time. And surely not many people were watching every single weekly pay-per-view back then. I'm pretty certain a lot of people won't remember one of them, let alone all of them. So, Yeah, so unfortunately we've missed Ken Shamrock's uh, devastating start <laughs> of DNA. But, um, I can't believe we've cut out the main reason we wanted to watch this is Ken Shamrock. I'm devastated. <laughs> it's the worst thing that's ever happened. But back in 2004, September 10th, if you look at the UK charts, number one was Eric Prides or Prids? Call oh, on me. That is not what you, I was expecting. Is that not what you're expecting? Absolutely not. <laughs> at first I saw it and I was like, what's that? And I played it. I'm like, oh, yes. I thought, okay, I thought that was a lot later. Yeah, no, because I remember that as part of my childhood, but I'd have only been like yeah. six at the time. Yeah, I was only six in 2004, which is mm. painful to say. That is painful and reflective. <laughs> this is a while ago now. Um, number one in the box office. I guarantee you don't know this one. It's Open Water. Uh, no. I want to say it's a film like, you know, like Free Willy? About <laughs> a whale? Honestly, oh, clicked on the Wikipedia, went to look at the actors, and there was three like main actors. Hovered over right. them. Two of them didn't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> and it was number one in the box office. I don't know how this happened. I've had a look at what comes in later weeks, and it gets better. Okay. It gets a lot better than that. Okay. We'll um, wait. I'll wait with bated breath. <laughs> um, Nintendo have just released Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green for the Game Boy Advance. Okay, so don't hate me. I've never touched a Pokemon game wow. in my life. These were the so, first Pokemon games I ever played. But I've never. I, it means absolutely nothing to me. That could have come out last week for all I know. <laughs> So this is like, so the original Pokemon games were red and green, or red and blue, sorry. Right. Um, and these were effectively remakes of them, making them more playable, effectively. And what, what console was it on? Uh, the Game Boy Advance. Uh, was that the one that, because I had a Game Boy and it had like all the tribal print on it. <laughs> yes, yes it is, is that it one. Is it that one? Is it? I had okay. that one as well, yeah. What did, <laughs> I used to play Sonic and Mario on that. At the Olympic Games, that was quite good. I don't know why they stuck a tribal print on it, though. <laughs> I don't know, but it made me feel cool. <laughs> and in football, uh, Manchester go. United have just signed an 18-year-old from Everton by the name of Wayne Rooney. I mean, I don't think he'll amount to much, do you? Nah, that sounds useless, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, 
and over the the battle line in WWE. Oh, any any guess who the WWE champion is right now? September 10, 2004. Okay, so this is going to make you instantly testing my wrestling trivia, and it's absolutely yeah. terrible. Oh, I wouldn't know the answer. Um, 2004. I'm going to say. So, what mania was that? Oh, that would have been 20. Okay. So, I'll go with Jericho. It's JBL. <laughs> Is it? It's oh, was this, was this when um, they were building Cena up? Yeah, so they okay. were building up Cena for 21. Yeah. JBL's just beat Eddie Guerrero, like, a couple of weeks ago. Right. I should have um, known that, to be fair. And... I haven't gone through every title because there's too many of them anyway, but the World Heavyweight Champion, any idea? Oh, it'll be someone like... It wasn't Booker, but I'm going to say Booker. It was the youngest ever World Heavyweight Champion, Randy Orton. Was it? Is it post-evolution? Yeah, it would have been. This was... So So it's a decent time on that side of things. JBL I mean, yeah. Dark. JBL's but, the dark days when. Was this when he was talking to Eddie about deportation and everything? That is exactly what he was talking about. He was throwing uh, him over the in Mexico. He was chasing oh, immigrants. Um, I mean, it's like JBL today, really. Well, yeah, some things never change. No. But who cares about WWE? <laughs> We're here. Yeah. We're here for TNA Impact. The real We're here for Ken world. Shamrock. We're here for Ken Shamrock only. Although, <laughs> no spoilers, he doesn't show up in this show. Which so was, to my, to my great disappointment, I must add. <laughs> that ruined the entire show for me. It was 10 out of 10 until then. I wanted at least Frank Shamrock. Oh, God. Now we're getting <laughs> So we open the show with Mike Tanay and Don West in the ring, uh, in the Impact Zone, which I believe it is the first time that a TNA impact has been referred to as being from the impact zone instead of was the it? TNA asylum. Ah. Wasn't the, the asylum was in Nashville, am I, mm. am I right? And then the impact zone was at Universal Studios. Yes. They okay. say it at the start of everyone, live from stage 21 at Universal Studios, Florida. Yeah, I, re- I, like I realized. It. I like that, but it made it sound a little bit like an episode of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Yeah. So you were half expecting them to be like live from New York, it's Saturday night at the end of every promo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it turns into a joke at the end. So, yeah. We've just come off the back of the final weekly pay per view, which they big up huge. They were talking about it as the biggest ever show yeah. in TNA history. So, I'll go through some of the biggest results in the, uh, in the card. So, uh, AJ Styles won a tables match against Kid Cash before mm-hmm. being jumped by X Division champion PT Williams. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, okay, we're in a good time. Yeah, PT Williams and AJ Styles is like a wet dream. Yeah. And then we've got, uh, <laughs> we go back into a bit darker stuff. Um, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes defeats Scott Demore with special guest ref Vince Russo. <laughs> I mean, there's three. Three names there. <laughs> he just wouldn't put together in a wrestling match. I was going to say, if I want to watch wrestling, I don't want to see any of them men in 2004. Would it be too far to say that it's Vince Russo's best ever match? Oh, 
God. Um, <laughs> I mean, he is. He was world heavyweight champion. <laughs> I- I'll reiterate. Is it too far to say <laughs> it's his best ever match, despite it being him being a former world heavyweight champion? It's got to be up there. And I'm sure it's Scott DeMore's greatest match as well. I mean, there's probably not many to choose from. Oh, one thing I didn't mean to mention, actually. Um, Obviously, we know this, but no one else knows this. Our dynamic. I don't know TNA that well. You watched it, like, before you watched WWE. Yeah. So when I was a kid, we didn't have Sky. So I never saw any WWE show or anything to do with WWE until I was, I can't even guess, probably like 14. Mm. So I used to get told about it by a mate at school, but then one day I was flicking around on a Saturday morning and I came across Bravo, the old TV channel that used to show like Dog the Bounty Hunter all the time. (laughs) And it was showing TNA Impact. It was in, I found out it was in 2007 Mm. or 2008. It might have been 2008. And the first ever match I saw was... Jay Lethal getting his head crushed in a briefcase by Petey Williams. So that was quite fun. What a start. Well, I, I, watched, I watched TNA for ages before I watched any WWE, so I kind of grew up on it. Did you watch it like did you watch it after it started getting bad? Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. I watched it when Hogan joined and they put the ramp oh. in and they made it a four-sided ring and they basically killed the soul of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. No, that's it. I you see the six-sided ring, you're like, okay, this is actually, like, as much as it's a gimmick, it is just such a nice difference. It looks different. It yeah. Different. It makes the matches feel different mm. because it's not it's not the same match as you see every week in WWE. It's, like, different. I don't know how to word it. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I feel it's, like, the same. Um, although I saw an interview with AJ Styles where he was saying, like, the six-sided ring bouncing off the ropes hurt like hell. Yeah, like, because it was... A wider surface area, wasn't it? So they were tighter. Ah, okay. I think that's what I saw. Someone said that, that they were like drawn tighter because they were like the same sized ropes that were on a four-sided ring just stretched. Hmm. So they they were so much tighter to bounce off of, but apparently it made like springboard moves a lot easier because there was a lot more tension to push off of. Well, screw AJ Styles back. I prefer the sided ring. Yeah, who needs a back anyway? <laughs> and then the main event of the last weekly pay-per-view, Jeff Jarrett versus Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, it looked like an absolute mess. Dusty got involved, wow. Team Canada got involved, Russo got involved, and then of course it ended with Jarrett guitar shot, one, two, three. It just seemed like a typical, typical overbooked match to me. That is, it sums up everything that I think people hate about Jeff Jarrett. And I think, I think it was pretty obvious as well that Vince Russo was at least an agent for that match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he had stinks. to be. Absolutely stinks of Russo. <laughs> it does. He's just like, right, everybody run in. Jeff, get your guitar. It just, it, it was just a Russo match. Yeah. I don't know a better way to describe it. Yeah, no, it's, it's. It's got his fingerprints all over it. Mm. But the first match for us in TNA Impact is announced that AJ Styles will team with Jeff Hardy to face team who lost the tag titles uh, the a couple of nights before, the Naturals, Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens. 
Yeah. I don't have a clue who Andy Douglas or... <laughs> okay, so I had to Google them. When I was watching it, I was like, I don't remember who these people are. I full-on had to Google who they were, and after Googling, I was still none the wiser. Okay, because they were, they were <laughs> champions, but they didn't feel like champions. <laughs> they didn't look like champions. They didn't no. enter. The only reason I knew that they were champions is because I think Mike Tanay on commentary said, uh, these guys are not entering with the belts. And I was oh, like, no. they okay. Lost oh, yeah. So oh, I was God. like, okay, now I know. Um, and the second they announced the match, it's like, it's not all the naturals, the former tag champs back in action. It's, no, it's AJ Styles with Jeff yeah. Hardy. This is a dream yeah. team. This is a dream team. That was what they were pushing, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. yeah. And very to be fair, much. To be fair to them, they're in, which at time of recording, at time of release, this will have happened, but they're in the Elimination Chamber. This yeah. Week. Oh, yeah. I thought that that came into my mind. Like these guys have, <laughs> they were a dream team then, and if they were a team now, they'd still be a dream team. God, yeah. Like, like for all the love for the Hardy Boys, seeing AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy together, I was like, oh, this is a strong start. It is, and um, I'd say that going to the Hardy Boys, AJ's more athletic than Matt, and probably a better wrestler. Yeah, I. So, because of when I started watching, I'm more invested in Matt because he's got more character to him, whereas Jeff, how he's booked, I guess. He just yeah. appears, disappears on a whim. So I think we should maybe Matt... mention when you started watching, just <laughs> yeah, for so context. My first wrestling match that I watched, and this is going to sound horrendous, was Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins versus The Miz, opening match of WrestleMania 34. 2018. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm not exactly the most knowledgeable. Um, I mean, I've caught up on it. I've watched everything. I'd say you're probably a lot more knowledgeable than I am. Right. And I've been, I've been watching it for however long. <laughs> None just, of it sinks in with me. Yeah. I just got hooked for some reason. I don't know what it was, but it just hooked me because Mania 34 is not a great Mania. It's a good Mania, I'd say, but it's not a great yeah. Um. I mean, it was like, actually me and Lewis, who's a writer for the website and will be on the podcast at some point, that got you into it because we were saying that John Cena's going to face The Undertaker. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter trending. And I just I knew you guys watched it. And then, yeah. and then um, some friends of mine who I lived with in Unihorn okay, were watching it. Um, and they were excited about AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And I was like, no idea, but... <laughs> I'll stare at my uni ceiling. <laughs> so I guess I'll watch it with you. Yeah. Um, and here you are. Here I am, uh, pretending that I know something. Probably a lot more than me. <laughs> but um, when AJ came out, I was I was pumped to hear "Get Ready to Fly." Yeah. And we didn't hear "Get Ready to Fly," and I was devastated. Yeah, but it's kind of got like that same drum beat. Yeah. Did you not notice it was like the drum beat at the start? So I thought, because I hadn't seen this show, I thought it was going to be Get Ready to Fly as well. Mm. But I heard, so I heard the drum beat, got excited, and then it didn't come. Yeah, I was waiting for the lyrics. Yeah, it just didn't happen. But just to pull the curtain back before we were recording, we are having a quick discussion regarding Jeff Hardy's theme. Right. What, so, what's your take? 
So you said that it was the same music he had in WWE. Yeah. Because and I've it. got, I've got, it isn't, it absolutely isn't, because I've got a little, like, fact bomb to drop on you. Right. Jeff Hardy in TNA, I'm 99% certain of this, he made his own entrance music. Oh, wow. With his band, and I think, I've written it down in my notes, I believe his band is called Perox Y-Gen. Right. And somewhere in there, there's a question mark, but I can't remember whether it's after the Perox <laughs> or after the Y. And it's like in brackets, but I'm I'm 99% certain that in TNA he used his own band's music. And I think I've the heard. song's I think the song's called Modest. Because I, yeah. I believe when I was a kid I had it on an MP3 player. I'll have to listen again, but it just sounded like his WWE theme to me. I'm 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 nearly hundred percent certain that it's not. I've heard nothing but bad things about Jeff Hardy's. I mean, I don't think there's probably very many good things to say about it, to be honest. That's fair. Um, right, so we'll get we'll get into the match because we've talked too long about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all the matches um, were ten minute time limit. I found interesting with what <laughs> something I found jarring was Larry Zabisco on standby in the event of a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Did that ever get used? I mean. I don't think because they had the little graphic at the top, didn't they? Where it was like, yeah. like cool. natural sports show, Ooh. yeah, which I liked. I really liked it, but I don't think it ever was needed. I don't think poor old Larry was ever needed. Larry might not even be there. <laughs> Larry's just <laughs> Larry's just going around Universal Studios, going on all the rides. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, if he's genuinely not there, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, and I wouldn't yeah. blame him. He's got a gig out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the thing you mentioned about the sports feel, it's something that you'd think like AEW would go for. Like they mentioned they wanted more sports feel. And that's yeah, really and they, not like I was watching sports. Yeah, and they've got the rankings and everything. So you'd have thought Ooh. it'd be like tailor-made. One thing AEW do do is the where Justin Roberts announced the time throughout the match. Yes, that is good. Which I like. Because yeah. it makes it it makes it a bit more immersive, so like you're not sat waiting for a finish. And they do have a couple of time limit draws, but when they've come, you've never massively seen them coming. So no, but they, and they don't overdo them. They don't say, "Oh, it's a sport now. We're going to have so many draws like it's football." But yeah, I mean, but no, I like I like the TNA graphic at the yeah. top. Yeah, no, I, I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, so into the match, the Naturals work over Styles. Look for natural disaster as their finisher. Quite like that. Oh, it's quite. It's quite clever. I mean, it was the natural disasters finishes finishing move. Oh, so they just took it. I think so. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> he escapes with a, a, a Pele kick. They always say Pele. I'll say Pele. Pele yeah. Uh, before getting the hot tag to Hardy, uh, he threw some of the worst punches I've seen <laughs> in wrestling. Um, AJ hits a brain buster Jeff hits a swanton uh, allowing them to win Yeah, um, yeah. AJ was a little sloppy in this match yeah I mean he, I don't know how old he was at the time but I don't think he was too old so whether he was still pretty green he's like 43 now and that was like what oh god 17 years, 18 years, 16 yeah, so something like that he's in his 20s so yeah fair I don't know, and I guess of like a dream match machine at that point. Like they're saying, he's a dream, that young. 
that's incredible. Yeah, and I think that TNA were definitely building around him, even from the ver- even from the very start. Because every every time he's on screen, they're mentioning how it's a dream, like yeah. tag team with him and Hardy, and it's like you could tell that he was a like next level above everyone. I think. Yeah. I mean, so the only real issue I had with this was obviously he was a bit sloppy, but nothing nothing disastrous. Um, why didn't AJ care that Petey Williams jumped him? Yeah, that why was a bit strange. Especially, did... and like before any spoilers, especially when you consider the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. The last segment. Yeah, because that solved one issue for me. But then AJ just, he got jumped by Petey Williams and then just, no, I want a team with Jeff Hardy. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> I want a team with Jeff. I don't like the naturals. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Because it feels like they're pushing. See, they're talking about Jeff as like obviously because he doesn't. I suppose he doesn't care about losing to Jarrett either. Throughout the show, we see people who do care, but it doesn't seem like Jeff cares all that much. No, and it's like from the pay per view that they were hyping up where all this storyline stuff happened. AJ didn't bother about Petey Williams, and Jeff didn't really bother with Jeff Jarrett. Mm. So it's kind of like the they tried to make the pay per view draw a line under everything, I think, and then just start. The weekly shows, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. So then we go backstage. Dusty Rhodes is being interviewed by... Right, and I was in shock. It was Shane, <laughs> it was Shane Douglas doing what? his best best Randy Savage impression. <laughs> what was Shane Douglas doing? I don't know, but I absolutely loved it. Oh, yeah. No, I was thrown. I had to, like... I was like, that looks like Shane Douglas. And he just called him Shane. Surely yeah. it's not. Oh, yeah. he, can we not? He didn't just call him Shane. He called him Shane, baby. Oh, did he? Oh, he said. He, he said. Him. He said Shaney, baby. <laughs> which but, uh, made it even better. Yes. Uh, Dusty says that Jeff Hardy will get a rematch against Jarrett, and says that next time he'll up the ante. And Douglas is shocked by this, and <laughs> doesn't really get followed up. No, it was never mentioned again. No. Um, then we go to the alpha male, Monty Brown. Oh, my God. I, oh. Vordell Walker. I, second, I love Monty Brown so much. I had no idea who he was, but when he walked oh. out, I was impressed. He is... Right, so a little bit of background on him. He was a professional NFL player. Yeah, makes sense. And he played for the Patriots, which is oh, nice. Okay. okay. But I love him. I just think he's so good. I was impressed when he walked out, except for that leopard print jacket. I wasn't on board with that. That was the thing I was impressed with the most. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> and I was like, this <laughs> should be wearing. Oh, I just, oh, I just think he's amazing. But yeah, this absolutely stank for squash match from the second yeah. it started. Um, well, so that, was, that was what they were selling on commentary, wasn't it? It was selling that Monty Brown's just this incredible next world champion. Yeah, so they, they mentioned that at the main event he was watching um, the match from the top of the ramp and they were saying, like, oh, he's the next contender for Jarrett. Yeah. Um, so he just absolutely squashes Vordell Walker. I have no idea who that is. And I didn't uh, bother Googling it. Nope, again, me neither. Had, I just didn't even bother Googling it because it was just like, this guy isn't a factory. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, some, it wasn't really pushed across as somebody that we should care about. Yeah, and I didn't. No, it worked. <laughs> But yeah, I was impressed by the squash. The only thing I didn't really like was 
Brown's finisher. No, no, <laughs> right. It so, like an absolute mess. I love the pounce. I think, it's am- I think it's amazing. So literally in my notes, my notes are Monty Brown play for the Patriots and the pounce is such a good move. It looks like he wanted to do a spear and then just went, I'll just push it. No, but it's so good. It Um, can come out of nowhere. That's the best thing about it. I think this match probably didn't didn't give it its full potential. When there's like multi-man matches or tag matches, Mm. when you can get somebody from nowhere, that's when you'll see it come into its own. I really didn't like it. But the one thing I will the one thing I will say that I didn't like is after Monty Brown hit it, Don West on commentary was like, and now he's gonna go for and then Monty Brown just dragged him out and pinned him and then he went, the pin. And it's like, okay, what was what was he gonna go for? A moonsault. (laughs) It was like the pin was a move. He was like, he's gonna go for the pin. Yeah, no, because I started writing, oh, I didn't like the pounce, and then it was like, oh, okay, he's gonna hit something else. And oh, I was I like, oh, never mind. So they rarely told he was going to do something else, and then he just didn't. Yeah, yeah, and then he just dragged him out. And it was like a delayed count as well. He like dragged him out and then laid on him for like a couple of seconds, and then they started yeah. counting. It was weird. Mm. But after the match, he calls out Jarrett. Um, I mean, I can see why they push him towards Jarrett. I don't know if he ever wins the world title or not, um, but I mean, I can definitely see him as a contender. So I do know, but I won't say. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so did next- you notice, by the way, before we go on to the next segment, did you notice at the end of all the matches, mm. there was like a strange little cutoff. So like somebody would start talking, Monty Brown went up to the camera and started talking and they just cut him off. Yeah, and, and they started did it after- Victory Road. Yeah, and they did it after the, the match with AJ Styles as well. Styles was like, start to just lay out one of the naturals in the middle of the ring, just like kneeling over him, laying punches in. And then the segment just ended. Yeah. I mean, it we see felt... that on the show as well. Like it was yeah. already. Yeah. yeah. I just don't, uh, I don't understand it. Do you think they're struggling with like an hour to fit everything that they want in? I mean, it feels like it because the matches were so quick. They really were. Like nothing went long. Like I think yeah. the longest match was like five minutes. Yeah. And so it felt like they wanted to cram loads of stuff in. Yeah, and they just I will didn't... say, one thing that I like so far in the show is we've seen AJ, we've seen Jeff, we've seen Monty Brown. They're like showing you the main event scene are. They're showing you yeah. who's on Jarrett's tail after showing that Jarrett cheated to win a fight. Yeah. So quite like they're showing who the threats are. Mm. Yeah, they, they're doing that throughout, so that's quite good. Yeah. So the next match. Uh, Michael Shane and Frankie Kazin <laughs> versus Mikey Bats and Jarrell Clark and oh, Tracy and, and Tracy. Can't forget Tracy. Oh, Tracy Brooks. I know one person, in, and you know who that is. It's Frankie Kazarian. It's Kazarian. I was shocked by his ponytail. Were you? I know him as a well. I knew him as a bald man, and now I know that. He, <laughs> I think he's had a hair transplant. Has he? I think so. He's got I hair now. I didn't know that. He's looking like Randy Orton. Um, so throughout all of these TNA shows that we're going to be watching, just get used to him having long hair because all I knew him for in TNA was long hair. So when I saw him as a bald man, mm. that blew my mind. See, I've only known him as Christopher Daniels, mate. 
Oh, you've got so much to look forward to. <laughs> um, it's going to be weird watching this at the same time as watching AEW and seeing him just like <laughs> yeah. 20 years older. Yeah, it's going to be weird seeing people like Kazarian still wrestling and then people like Tracy Brooks where who knows where she is. Not a clue. Or yeah. Michael Shane, or Mikey Bats, or the old <laughs> <laughs> Bless them. But before the match, uh, they show that Bats and Clark uh, pinned, I think it was Kaz, in a six-man tag match. Yeah, and they hit a reverse Rana off the top rope, which looks sick. That did look good. That match looked really good. I didn't watch yeah. it. That match no, I, did, I didn't watch it either, but I can assume it was all right. I'm giving absolutely zero time to those weekly pay-per-views. <laughs> uh, so, to get on to the match, Shane and Kaz combine for a giant swing to Clark. Uh, then Shane just goes and kisses Tracy on the side, which mm. lets them just get the hot tag. Like, that structure <laughs> was horrendous. Uh, Bats runs wild for a little bit. But Kaz and Shane hit them with the finisher called Modern Art. I did not know that was what it was called. They called it Modern Art, but it's the same finisher. Mm. As, I don't know if you know the Eliminators from ECW. Uh, remind me. Oh, you wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> one of them's Perry Saturn. This is what I mean, where you've been watching wrestling for a lot longer than me and you know a lot more about it. Yeah. So Perry Saturn was one of them. Couldn't tell you who the Right. Uh, had a finisher called Total Elimination that, um, what's his name on commentary? ECW. Uh, Joey. Joey Styles. There you go. Joey Styles would absolutely scream Total Elimination. <laughs> um, and it looks incredible. It mm. looked better than these two doing it, but yeah. still, still good. Um, yeah, it was nice. Weird that. Bats and Clark won on pay-per-view, and then they just get a win. And Especially. it wasn't—it e- wasn't even a close match. No, the only time they got in was because Michael Shane just went for a kiss on the side from Tracy. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit strange, but again, I, I feel like it was just they were drawing a line, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Right, so going forward, these are the guys that we want to put over. Here they are." Yeah. So That's a Shane, what it felt like. a Shane and Kaz like long-term and established team. So, without spoilers, mm-hmm. I have never seen them team before. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I Shane. so if that tells you something... That's not a good sign for Shane. No. But I, I will know- tell you, I will tell you, Tracy Brooks is around for quite a while. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, oh, I was going to say something. I'm... I'm saying it like, oh, spoiler, like it's 2004. I know that she's like around with um, Bobby Roode at some yeah. point. Yeah. I know that. Um, okay. But that's that's all I know. They. Uh, I had to Google what her surname was because when they said Tracy, I was like, oh, that's that's Tracy. And I thought, what's her surname? And for a, while, a good while, I thought it was Adams. Okay. And yeah, I, I, it still wasn't. Brooks after a while. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, Russo is like known very little respect for women. So, it'll well, be how she's used. You only just have to look at what was going on in WWE at the time to figure out what was like the yeah. the feel towards women in wrestling. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Two thousand four, and that's like 
comfortably after the Attitude Era still. Yeah. Um, but TNA, I know, gets better for women's wrestling. Like, it gets really good. Oh, when, like, so we're going to get to it, obviously, but when, like, Awesome Kong joins, mm. Taylor Gail Wilde, Kim. Gail Kim, mm. it gets really good. It gets, like, yeah. all right, they still have their the moments with, like, the beautiful people. Oh, God. Yeah. But, again, we'll probably, we'll get to that, so. I was going to say, you're giving me flash forward, <laughs> I guess, of what we're going to get flash to. Forward. We're going to let the pigeons loose, Dom. Uh, but then we go backstage Shane Douglas is back again interviewing Vince Russo (laughs) blames Dusty uh, for Jeff Hardy not winning the match Uh, he says that he's unsure who will face Jarrett at victory says whoever will it will be the best man he can find even if they aren't inside team hmm so there was a thing that I noticed in fact, I'll save it. I'll wait until we talk about something else. Is it the main event? It's not. It's Jeff Jarrett's promo. Okay. But we'll save it. Yeah. See, yeah, again, I want, yeah, I'll save it for then because he, he... Uh, so then <laughs> they're big up that we're seeing Abyss in action next. And then Brian O comes out and I'm like, oh, oh my, yeah. Brian O. That is a <laughs> terrible name. So again, I googled this guy because I was like, "You look strange," mm. and there is no nothing. I couldn't yeah. find a single thing about he who looked, this man was. He looks like a knockoff Nigel McGuinness. He looked like Nigel McGuinness stopped going to the gym for a bit. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea how this guy got in TNA. Looks like a well, jobber. Was... Sounds like a jobber. Is a jobber. On commentary, they were saying that he's like a ten-year veteran. What? Yeah, looked, that's what they were saying that he's like wrestled from like ninety one or something. Jeez, and that he was a veteran and all this sort of stuff. So I was like, oh, there's going to be something on Google about him. Nope, nothing. If anyone knows where Brian O is, please let us know. Which please let us know. We want to let his family know he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he got he actually got some offense, and I was shocked. Yeah, I mean, they were. It was all right. He hit a few punches. Yeah, I mean, it's like with the Monty Brown match, no offense against. Like with the Kaz and Shane match, no offense apart from after a kiss. Like, but Brian O got offensive on a bit. Brian O, Brian O could be my favorite wrestler on the show. (laughs) When does Brian O become NW? Well, without spoilers, Dom. (laughs) Never. Eventually, Abyss hits the Black Hole Slam and nothing, nothing going off this match. But again, another showcase of a contender for, uh, how, contender for Jarrett. How good is the Black Hole Slam as well? It's really good. I've I seen love it. some people don't do it well. Abyss does it. Abyss does it. So Abyss is so underrated. Has always been underrated for what he did in TNA. Yeah. He's so good. Mm. So He's still good today. Yeah, yeah. And his character work as well. Oh, when, God, he beco- yeah. when he becomes Joseph Parks, it's like, wow, so good. It's like people talk about Bray Wyatt's range, but like Abyss has a similar range, really. Oh, yeah. He probably was like, not Bray Wyatt before Bray Wyatt was a thing, but he was like a similar kind of character. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah, so no, he's, he's huge for them, really. Um, massive, I don't know, massive. I don't know how big he gets. I don't know if he gets pushed towards the title or anything, but. Hey, no, no comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. 
Uh, <laughs> right. This was weird. Then we go to Jeff Hammond in Richmond, Virginia for six points of impact. <sighs> he just breaks down like six points of why Jeff Jarrett won. I thought going <laughs> to him to interview Jarrett. No. Because I thought like Jarrett had scampered off with the belt or something. But no, they just went to him for like five minutes to go. Explain why Jarrett won. Again, this is them trying to make it a sport. Yeah. It didn't work for me. It didn't work at all. No. I, I, I'll be honest. Know. I'll be honest. I zoned out for it. Mm. Oh, I, I didn't make any notes on what he said. I just no, me neither. Script. I don't know how long this lasts. But who knows? It, it doesn't do anything for me. No, it doesn't. Um, add, it doesn't add to the show at all. No, no. So then, Jeff Jarrett comes out, the NWA oh. champion. He calls out his critics, saying, "Where are you now?" After beating Jeff Hardy, saying that people couldn't, uh, people said he couldn't beat Hardy. The fans are red hot for Jeff Hardy. Did you notice the um, there was like three women in the front row that were dressed like him doing the dance and climbing yeah. all over the guardrail and everything? That was cool. Do you think they were possibly planted? Oh, I think it's a, almost a certainty. <laughs> okay, that's fine then. Because <laughs> I was concerned that you were like, that's so cool. And I was like, I don't want to burst a bubble. Do you think they paid them? <laughs> I mean, one thing I was going to mention is TNA were pretty renowned for just grabbing yeah. people from universe go going on a universal studios tour and saying look do you want to come watch wrestling yeah so you could tell there was there was a shot right at the beginning of the show mm. and there was a guy with like his family and you could just tell that they were like brits abroad that were on holiday <laughs> that had been dragged one of them was wearing an old real madrid shirt yes yes i did see him yeah i saw the real madrid shirt they were just sat there, like not really knowing what was going on. The, sh- the camera was on them. They were giving like a little cheer. So oh. I don't know how many of the fans were actually there because they wanted to be. Hey, you know, the, the crowd was still good for it. So that's... Oh, the crowd were good. Yeah, they, I'm not saying they didn't have any energy, but... Uh, the people who are there for it care about it, and that's what matters. Oh, yeah, big time. Um. But then Jarrett touches on what Russo says, uh, bring on anyone. And and then he mentions, um, bring on any outsiders. And then says, or have I already beaten you? I have no idea what he's on. So the thing that I I was going to point out Mm -hmm. earlier with the Russo promo is they keep saying the words outsiders. Oh, God, no, it's it's not Scott Hall, is it? It's not Scott Hall, it's not Kevin Nash. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> I swear to God, if Victory Road <laughs> is Kevin Nash versus Jeff Jarrett. I don't I'll... know. I'm not saying a thing, but I'm just, saying, I'm just saying they keep pointing out the word outsiders. Yeah, I'm hoping it's like guys from New Japan or Ring of Honor. Or... <laughs> but now you've got me worried that it's going to be Kevin Nash versus Jeff Jarrett. I'm not saying anything else. Oh my god! I don't. I don't know what the card is. Just for clarification, I don't know who it is. But I got a clue. That's just one thing I noticed. How would you feel about the Outsiders versus uh, <laughs> Team Canada <laughs> in 2004? No, they're in, in 2000... WWE, aren't they? At this point, are they? I feel like they're in WWE at this point. I I don't oh, know. It might just be a bit. 
Oh no, because that was Mania 19. Yeah, no, they're probably not. I don't know. <laughs> you know, when, you know when Shawn Michaels comes back and he's wearing an NWO shirt. Yeah, I feel like that's around this time. I don't know. I thought that was before. I pray they are because I do not want to see Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an awful match in the 90s. Sounds like an awful match in 2004. I feel like I shouldn't have said anything. No, I'm glad you did because now it's good. <laughs> I'm prepared. I'm just saying, I'm, I might be reading into it too much, but they said outsiders a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. I'm just no, saying. Can you specifically saying outsiders? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next week. But first, the main event. The new tag team champions, Chris Harris and primetime Elix Skipper. The Wildcat. I, the Wildcat, of course. So, he's, <laughs> so Skipper is with Daniels. Is with Christopher Daniels. Daniels and um, James Storm, America's Most Wanted. Yes, James Storm's with Chris Harris. Yeah. So are they the Wildcats at this time? Oh, no, they are America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Okay. So I think all four of them are AMW. Oh, okay. I think. I might be getting that wrong. I might have just misconstrued it, but I think all four of them are America's Most Wanted. And it was... Yeah, they kept saying a lot of, like, acronyms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, basically, what I gathered is that Harris and Skipper don't normally tag together. They weren't challenging for the tag titles on that night, but then they came together because um, the Naturals jumped whoever was supposed to be challenging for them. They mm. beat them and won it, and it's like the classic, how on earth will they get along? Yeah. So I, um, think, it was, I think it was Daniels and Skipper were a tag team. Yeah. And Harris and James Storm. Harris, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, for this match, they came together just for a joint hatred of the nation of Canada. Um, yeah. yeah. I've never seen Canada as villainous, but in wrestling, apparently they just are. What did you think <laughs> of the Canadian flag being on a hockey stick? That is incredible. I really like it. That's it is one of my good. notes. It's so good. I couldn't believe that's genius. It's, it is just clever, isn't it? It's like. You yeah. can give Russo as much bad mouthing as you like, but stuff like that, it's just such good touches. I can almost guarantee Russo had nothing to do, no. <laughs> to do with that. Yeah. He was probably just Scott Demore. Fair enough. Um, Team Canada, Bobby Roode and Johnny Devine. I can't say I know much. Obviously, no Bobby Roode. Yeah. Uh, he looked great here. He, you can just tell, can't you? You yeah. can just tell that he's a. There's one thing, there's one point in the match, and I don't know if you're going to uh, go through the match or not, but there's one point in the match where he faked a tag. Mm. And while the referee's back was turned and came in and said that he was the legal man and the referee yeah. missed the tag. And it's just stuff like that. Yeah. It just sets him apart. It was so good. It's gutting to see how he's been treated since getting to the main roster. Yeah. Yeah, but. There's a lot of good talent. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he isn't glorious here, so I guess. No, he's not. Not yet. Um, so, yeah, Harrison Primetime. Um, dominate Rude to start with. Um, but then he Rude gets on top. Dominate Skipper. Divine hits a moonsault called Divine Intervention. Big fan of that. It's very good. Uh, Harris makes the save. Uh, Skipper gets tagged in. 
Um, and at this point, I just noted is massive. Like, yeah, I just saw him next to Bobby Roode, and I was like, "Oh my!" Yeah, how He's on earth? Player. How on earth did he not work out in WWE? I don't know, because he was there. Was he? Had him telling, oh, have you not seen the clip of him telling the knock knock stage? No. First thing you do after this, watch that. I can't okay. remember. <laughs> okay. His name was Braden Walker. So he goes, Braden. Knock, and they go, who's there? And he goes, Braden Walker. And I'm going <laughs> to knock his brains out. <laughs> One of the worst promos I've ever seen. <laughs> Can I just, totally- at the start of the match, did you notice what the crowd did? No. Somebody in the crowd stole the tag titles. What? Right, so I think, go back and watch it. At the very start of this match, somebody in the crowd grabs one of the tag titles and passes it to the back of the crowd. So I was noticing, but at the very start of the match, I was watching the crowd, and they were all, like, turned around. And I thought, why aren't the crowd watching the match? And then I see this one guy, and he's, like, stood up on the, like, guardrail, holding one of the titles up. What? I didn't was Right, I was like, what is going on here? And I was like, because they didn't, nobody said anything about it. There was just like, all the mm. crowd were turned. And I was like, why are the crowd turned? And eventually it gets passed back down to the front and given back. <laughs> it was just like, such oh. a weird moment. Oh, God. No, I missed that. I can't believe I missed that. I go back and watch it because it made me laugh. So to finish this match, Skipper and Harris looked combined for what looks like a heart attack. Uh, but DeMore hits Harris with the Canadian flag hockey stick. Yeah. Uh, Skipper does a mad over-the-top rope flip to wipe out DeMore, but Rude tacks Harris with a Northern Light lariat uh, before Divine pins to win. Yeah. I really thought that Harris and Skipper were going to win, but I like this. I like Team Canada as a concept, as a team. They look really good. Yeah. Uh, and they're full of that, like the whole um, group as a whole, of just so talented. Like yeah. the guys that are in the group, even Johnny Devine. Like Johnny Devine's in TNA for as long, like as long as I can remember. Yeah, all of them are just so good. Mm. And to be honest, Chris Harris and Skipper, they don't need champion because we know that they're not going to get along that well. Um. And building up Team Canada for a tag title match, that's good. It seemed like when they came out, actually, Scott Demore was screaming, like, we're going to get the tag titles. And it was like, this isn't the title match. This isn't the title match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. Actually, I noticed that. He came out and he was like, we're going to win the tag titles now. And it's like, it's not for the titles. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. Uh, after the match, Team Canada storm out. Uh, start beating down Skipper and Harris, and then their partners, Daniels and Storm, come out. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they make the save. And then <laughs> out come the Naturals to help Team Canada. Yeah. And after that, I don't know if you noticed who ran in. Yeah, right. So I've noticed, I've noted this down, and I don't know if I'm right. I've got two names. I've got two names. Ron Killings, a.k.a. R-Truth. Yeah, and Conan. Conan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the note that I wrote was the end where Conan and Ron Killings come in is very funny because no, yeah. no one says anything. They don't even address it. They're so desperate to try and sign off the show as they're brawling. 
Yeah, so and one thing that I do yeah. like, one thing I loved about this whole beatdown is that the Canadian uh, anthems playing throughout. <laughs> yeah, why did they not stop the music? So Team Canada run down after the match and start beating down. And the whole time is like, da, 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 da. <laughs> it's like, this is the best imagery you can get. It's just people being beaten up to the Canadian national anthem. Yeah. And even when they're like getting beaten up themselves, it's still playing. <laughs> why is it still playing? And why were Conan and R-Truth there? I'd have to look up if they were with them, but I don't know. I know that. I just think that they they were probably paid to be on the show, and they said that they wanted to be booked somewhere, so they just chucked them in. Conan looks old here. Yeah, and like at time of recording as well, he's just got out of hospital. Mm. Oh, really? So yeah, he had um he had kidney issues, and he had kidney issues, and he tested positive for COVID. So like, all oh. thoughts to Conan at this time. I feel bad now. No, no, because he did look old. Yeah. I mean, God, if he was old then. For a minute, I, I didn't know who it was. Yeah, no, I paused it and I was like, that's yeah. Conan. Yeah, it's like Conan and Ron Killings are here. I was finding it so hard not to say our truth. <laughs> I didn't realise how big Conan was in Mexico, though. Was he? I didn't know. He was like massive in Mexico. And then when he went to WWE, and they, I don't know if you know Max Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he they they made him Max Moon for a little bit, and it was just like was um, he? Yeah, they, what the he hair. He had like a little a blue outfit. Oh, it was horrendous. <laughs> he had a jetpack, of course. But the show cuts off with them all brawling. Shows Victory Road, which is where we're heading to. Oh, I think it was November. Yeah, I think we've got a way to go for it. Which is good. It shouldn't be weekly pay-per-views. No. No, yeah. and I think that they wanted to get some TV behind them before they did another pay-per-view. So I think it's probably just a smart thing to do. And with how they booked the show, they're clearly putting a lot of contenders together for who could be challenging Jarrett there. So maybe we think, get man, or I maybe someone's going to come out on top. The show as a whole felt a little bit rushed to me. Yeah. It felt like it was not rushed as in like it was thrown together, but it was like it was very quick paced. It was very, this is a match. It's five minutes. Get out. Yeah. Like I said, like I said earlier, where that while they were still beating people down in the ring, when AJ was beating down the naturals, mm. they cut it. It was like, that's yeah. another couple of minutes. Cause then why was AJ doing that? Yeah. So to me, it felt like it was a bit rushed, but then I kind of understand why, because they were trying to get as much on the show as they could. Yeah. So with WCW, something that one thing with Russo that they always mentioned positive was that he wanted something for everyone. He wanted yeah. someone to be doing something all the time. And yeah. You can see that in this, and it is it's good, but it's to the detriment of the show because none of the matches get to like you needed half of these matches really. Um, yeah, and the matches, some of the matches could have just been like a backstage promo. Yeah, yeah, they could. Have. Like I, you didn't, you didn't need to see, uh, like Monty Brown just pin somebody in thirty seconds. Yeah, you could have just seen like even just like a highlights package. Like you do that on a raw because it's three hours and you have yeah, like, yeah. This is forty-four minutes of television. Like you're not, you need to be more selective. But I guess if, if Monty Brown's going to be 
challenging Jarrett than I understand, but I I feel like he's not. <laughs> they pushed oh, it. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> overall, I I did enjoy the show. It was not. It was nice to just, um, see something different. Yeah. Day. Yeah. It's closer programming wise to AEW than it is to WWE today or NXT, I guess as well. Yeah, I'd say it feels a lot. To me, it felt a lot more like NXT. Yeah. Because NXT, I think AEW's got a lot of developed talent already, and the show is full of like developed talent. So there's Moxley, Omega, The Young Bucks, Santana Jeez. Ortiz. You've got all these guys who people know, whereas NXT, they're constantly like introducing new signings. Yeah. And they, they do a lot of. Like this past week where they had um, they had Zoe start debut and it was like very similar to the Monty Brown match where her, her opponent got no offense in, mm. and it was so to me it was a bit like NXT. Okay, I don't know. No, I, no. I did I did enjoy it, and it's like you say it's something different. Watching wrestling in the six sided ring is different. Yeah, and um, it's it, even just visually it's something different to watch. Yeah. For me, the match of the night was um, Team Canada versus Chris Harrison primetime. I really enjoyed that. I didn't know how. Like, I am 100% behind Team Canada. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. That match for you? I think that's probably the only match that I could give match of the night because it was longer than five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's a struggle to, like, and I'm, I'm, I know that sounds sarcastic, but all the, every other match was like two minutes long, so it's hard to put anything together solid match wise. Mm, yeah. So no, yeah, I'd say I'd say that's probably my match of the night as well. But I'm genuinely excited for what's coming next week. I don't. I want to see what this excited uh, outsiders thing is. So. Um, Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure about well, that? If it is, it's a good laugh. It's a good meme. Yeah, we go into it with with open arms. Yeah. <laughs> and we see what happens. But that'll do it for this week. Thank you for joining us for the classic review. We'll be back next week for the September 17th episode, where hopefully there's no Kevin Nash. Thank you for watching. Thank you.